0: You have to take a breath and know that if you do the work
1: and you show up for it wholeheartedly, you'll get there. You will
0: get there. So just be patient. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host Nikki Clauser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Kelly Norsha, and this is such an exciting time for her because this is her first year after 17 years of teaching that she will not be going back to school. Kelly set goals for herself to become a full-time photographer and to quit teaching, and she reached that goal this year. Really excited for you to hear her story and how she grew her business large enough to feel comfortable to quit her day job. Kelly is very inspiring, and I'm extra happy to have her on the show because I actually mentored Kelly many years ago, and seeing her achieve her dream is just pretty incredible. Okay, let's start the show. Hi, Kelly. Welcome to The Portrait System.
1: Hey, Nikki, how are you? This is so exciting.
0: This is exciting for me too, especially because I want to let people out there know that you and I did a couple hour mentoring session. And this was back in, let's see, you did your last modification to the the mentoring form that I had you fill out June 4th, 2016. And we're recording this on June 22nd, 2021. So, five years later, almost to the day, and I know that one of your goals back then was to quit your teaching job and do this full time, do photography full time. And when I saw your post in the Facebook group that this was your last year of teaching, I was like, oh, yes, hell yes, Kelly. Like, you did it. <laughs> I sure the hell did. Like, these five
1: years have gone so fast. And yet, I, you know, when I stop and think about how. Things have progressed in my business. Like it feels like some days it goes really super slow, but then I look mm-hmm. back on my work from five years ago and I'm like, wow, I've really evolved. And like I look at my body of work now and I think, like, did I take that picture? You know, it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, I just became such a sponge.
0: Yeah. I, I love the way that you said that. Like it can go in the blink of an eye, but then there are some parts of it that are so slow. That's such a good way to put it. And I feel the same, even just about, you know, my life in the last five years. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting. Okay. So obviously this did not happen overnight and, you know, it was five years in the making or even longer because you started doing photography before that. I and did. I know, yeah. I know there are so many people out there who are where you were five years ago thinking, I want to quit my job. So let's go through exactly what you did and how you did it and start kind of from the beginning Like, when you were a teacher and then when you started photography. So start there. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, I went to school to learn, you know, how to be an educator. And after, around 2010... I picked up, I had put my camera down for a long time. I mean, as a kid, you know, in high school, I, you know, learned how to be in the dark room and how to get the, the film out of my camera and, and learned, you know, how to mix the solution and that I just loved that. And I just, I was always drawn to textures and leading lines. And, you know, I just, I wanted to just always have my little Nikon. I had, I still have it actually. It's a little FE2 and it's sitting in my studio. It does. The shutter doesn't work on it, sadly, but one of these days I want to get it fixed so that mm-hmm, I can yeah. put some film in it again and just try and see what happens with it. But, you know, that was a gift from my parents back when I was about 12. So I've, I've always had a camera in my hand. And then, like, sort of, you know, life took over and I got married and had a baby and, you know, all started working. And I just sort of put, the photography just sort of went on the back burner big time. And then in t- 2010... I ended up um, running across a blog, and she took landscape and floral photography and I just remember thinking like this is so beautiful like i could I could totally pick up my camera and start playing around again and that's what i did and so I went out and bought you know my first d s l r and just literally just walked around. I remember I dropped my daughter off at sailing one summer and I just walked around like Stonington Borough and just took pictures of like anything that just was interesting to me. And then I slowly started evolving into pet photography actually, and did some courses. And I've just, I'm a dog lover and really started wanting to take pictures of, pets, not just their pets, but I really wanted to do pets with their owner because I really mm-hmm. loved seeing that connection between, you know, that bond between the dog and the, and the owner. And really, I did that not just because I love dogs, but honestly, looking back, I was just afraid of photographing people. I, I was like you know so like I would have people come up and be like you know like teachers who would come up to me and be like oh I saw you post you know your dog pictures and everything do you think you could do like a picture of our family and I was like no <laughs> no I can't <laughs> and I'd be I mean I just didn't know what to do with people you know I didn't know how to pose them I didn't know I didn't know what to do. And so I really shied away from it completely. And then around 20, I want to say it was around 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. I ran across a talk that Sue did. I want to say it was, she was like their keynote or something from Click and Moms. And I Purchased the, the the talk, and I had never heard of of Sue, and I watched her and I listened to it, and I was like, "All right, hang on a second, who is this woman?" First of all, because <laughs> she just like everything that she said was like, I was, it just hit home to me. And then I looked up her work, and I was like, "Wow, this is inc- like her work is incredible." And around that time, I believe she had started her education site in bed with Sue. So I immediately joined and I just, I saw all of the different, you know, tutorials and videos and things that she was starting to post and teach. And, you know, I bought 28 Days on Creative Live. And I realized that this was something that I could really learn how to do. And I just, like the rest was history. I just dove in headfirst and again, just became that sponge and just absorbed everything that I could. And Started a little home studio, and kind of the rest is history. I mean, I've evolved big time since then. But yeah, that was kind of how it evolved. But I, I was yeah, really yeah. quite scared of people <laughs> posing. Anyway,
0: yeah, I remember back back when we were doing the mentoring. This was 2016. A lot of what you had said and written, as well in your in your um, document, was that you were afraid that people wouldn't pay for industry standard for higher pricing you thought people were thinking you were crazy for trying to charge that much it was like there yeah. was some almost like like value you didn't quite value what it was yet are you were afraid other people weren't going to val- value it or maybe a combination of both absolutely and so where are you at now with that as in terms of how you feel about your pricing do you feel really good about it or are you still nervous about it I think there's a, always a little piece of me
1: that's, that's nervous about it. I mean, I just, I think looking back, I was really, it. there was this whole imposter syndrome happening and it still creeps in. Um, although I, I really try to squash her when she comes through the door. <laughs> 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 like you're not welcome here anymore. Go mm-hmm. away. Um, but I really think that there was an imposter syndrome. Like I, I was, I was, <laughs> I went to school as a te- to be a teacher, and who was I to turn around and say, "Okay, now I'm a photographer," because I hadn't gone to school for it. Like I was, I'm self taught, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm much more like I. My prices have definitely gone up since since I started for sure. My pricing is not where it was. I was never a shoot and burn photographer. Mm-hmm. I just I wanted to come out of the gate swinging. And, and, you know, my lowest package at that time was 900 for, I think it maybe was like seven or eight images. And, you know, I was all over the place with my session fee. I didn't know like if I should keep my session fee really high or if I should keep it like that barrier to entry really low and get people in the door. So I I was all over the place. And I think the value that I I know that I have now, particularly as you start to build a body of work that you really love, which I am at that place now. I'm still evolving, but I look at my work now and I'm really happy with what I'm putting out there. And there was definitely a lot of self-value work that had to happen along the way. Otherwise you just don't get the nerve to, or the the gumption to to say, okay, I'm actually really worth this. Like, You know, Sue talks about that equal value of exchange and Mm -hmm. it's so, it's so true. You know, I'm giving people portraits that are going to outlive them, that are going to be in their grandkids' hands someday. Mm -hmm. And at no time in the future can I go back to them 50 years from now and say, I'd like to buy this portrait back. Like it's priceless by then.
0: right. Right. And no one ever regrets it. No one's ever like, no, I'm so mad I did those photos 20 years ago. (laughs) You know, everyone's (laughs) like, damn, why didn't I do those photos? Right. And no one ever
1: says, I wish I had gotten a smaller print. (laughs)
0: Right. Right. Totally. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So I know there's a lot of people out there, and I was the same. I remember saying to Sue, like, I don't know how this is my goal. Like, my goal when I first met Sue, my goal was to quit my. I was a school social worker, you know, same as, same schedule, pay, everything as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, I want to quit within one more full year of doing this. Then I want to yeah. go down to half time for one year. And then I'm done. I don't know yeah. how I'm going to do it, but I really want to do it. And then I remember thinking, wait, but how am I going to do it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but how? Yeah. But how? You know, and a lot of people will say that, but how? But how did you do it? So, <sighs> And I know this is, it's, you know, it's been a journey and a process, but things like, you know, did you fully quit or did you just take a year off? Did you, do you have a savings? Do you have like lots of clients coming in through the door before you made this decision? Like, let's kind of talk through your mental space of where you felt you needed to be before you made this decision and what, what it kind of looks like now.
1: Yeah, well, I'm a planner at heart. Like I'm an overpacker and I'm a planner, yeah. and so I kept saying I would text my husband from my desk at work, and I would be like, "I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to do photography full time." He's like, "I know, but you need to get your clients in the do-. like." At that time, I was only shooting a little bit here and there, and I wasn't getting like a steady stream of clients coming in the door yet. And he's like, "You know, you really need to think this through." And I said, "I know, I know, I, I really." Need to get a plan in place. And, you know, my husband is self employed. So the biggest thing that was keeping me from jumping was the health insurance because Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to lose health, my health insurance because I don't, you know, you don't get benefits. And so I just got to a place where I was like, okay, if I can figure out how to just make that a cost of doing business Mm -hmm. and make sure that I have enough clients coming in, like you got to put that as a line item somewhere. And that was a big one for me. And once I figured out that I could get clients in the door, then I realized, okay, well, if I'm making X number of dollars, then I can afford to purchase my health insurance. And it really kind of started back in the beginning of 2020 was when I really started turning the corner to realizing that I could eventually quit, like for real. I decided to do a 50 over 50 campaign and that completely took off. And I ended up earning more in 2020 than I, or just about the same amount from that campaign in 2020 as I did in teaching. And I was like, Mm -hmm. wait, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What just happened here? And that was during a pandemic and three months of shutdown completely. And so what I started doing was I just started banking that money and really trying not to touch it as much as I possibly could. And I just started saving as much as I possibly could because I knew that once I made the leap, I wanted to have a cushion. Or I would just feel really nervous. Uh And so I just, I really started saving as much money. Like I would love to just buy every beautiful dress I see for my studio, but I just had to be like, okay, stop. (laughs) This is not (laughs) going to make the ship go faster. It's going to be really pretty, but it's not going to make the ship go faster. And so I really had to keep my eye on the prize, which was being able to finally say, I'm done with teaching and... I'm going to really go for doing this full-time. Just go for mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so having that plan for the health insurance, knowing how much that's going to cost me going forward, and really just making sure that I save as much money as possible so that I know that you know when times are lean, I have some money in the bank.
0: Mm-hmm. So I think that was the biggest, the biggest way. I think so many people have different risk tolerances and different levels mm-hmm. of comfort for when to make a big change like this. And health insurance, I cannot tell you how many times, even, not even photographer friends, just friends who are in a job that they don't like. But I have like, I have a friend, one of my very best friends, her husband owns a skateboard shop in a very successful you know, skateboard store. Mm-hmm. But she has a health insurance and she hates her job. I don't think she will ever quit because of that health insurance. And I'm like, oh my, but you could budget, budget it in, do it. You know, it's like, so I love that you said that. And imagine Kelly, if I decided I can't quit being a school social worker because I, I need the health insurance. Mm -hmm. I never, I would still be an angry, depressed, bitter school social worker because of health insurance. It's like one of those things that if you want to make the change, just you have to just budget it in and don't let something like health insurance, stop you.
1: No, you got to find a way. You got to find a way around it because it the benefits of living the life that you really are dreaming of living, you, you will find a way to do it if you want it bad enough.
0: Totally. I believe. You always will find a way if you want it bad enough. That is exactly right. And and you and I are quite different. I am not a planner. I was not then. So back when, let's see, I had my last, let's see, my last full year of school social work was 2012 2013 and then half time part time 2013 2014, mm-hmm. and I at the time had no idea how to save money. What I did have was clients coming in the door, so that was good. But I did not have anything saved. I was still in debt. Yeah, and I was like, I don't even care. I'm done. Like, so so everyone has just a different level of comfort. Now I wouldn't. Now I'm a <laughs> totally different person when it comes to money mindset and you know, my ability to keep money and make yeah. money and all of that. I mean, my energy towards it. I, I'm like, a, it's night and day when it comes to where I was. But at the time, I was okay with that. I was okay with quitting without having a nest egg where you weren't. And, and if you're out there listening, like you just have to decide what your risk tolerance is. Now, we don't recommend mm-hmm. being like dumb about it and like, you know, quitting before you have clients coming in and you have a great business built But everyone just has a different level in which they're comfortable with, you know? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you have to do what's right for you, for sure. And, you know, the other thing that I did was I really wanted to be debt-free before I made the jump. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I knew that in 2020, I was going, you know, when I started getting money coming in, I made sure that I paid off any remaining debt That I had because I didn't want to just have the money in the bank and go, oh, well, I have X number of dollars in the bank. It's time to quit. But but then you also have X number of dollars of debt. And to Mm -hmm. me, I just, like, there's a real free, like, when I paid off, and I didn't have, like, you know, crazy amounts of debt, but, you know, that credit card debt, like, I knew that I had to get that cleared up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I knew I would sleep better <laughs> and rest easier, knowing that I could go full bore into a business, knowing that I was debt free, and that became so freeing for me emotionally and just I was just in a in a totally different headspace, knowing that I did not have that revolving debt happening, and so many people do, and I did for years, like for years, I was a spender. And just like I couldn't keep, I couldn't hold on to money. It would come mm-hmm. in, it would just whoop, go right back out. And I'd be like, well, how come I have debt? You know? And mm-hmm. it, because I keep spending beyond what I'm bringing in. And now that I start to see my bank account from my business go up, 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 now it's like there's like a light that switched that happened. All mm-hmm. of a sudden I'm like, don't touch it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> keep totally. it, keep it, you know? And um, I've become quite the saver now. It's awesome. Same. Before I move on to the next question, I, I want to just touch on two things. One, when it comes to this shift in money, like I didn't, Kelly, I didn't know what it was like to not have credit card debt. Yeah. And it stressed me out so bad, but I just didn't even know what it was like. And I don't know about you, but the money wheel of misfortune talks that Sue and Tiffany Angelis did on, on the Sue Education website, that was like yeah. revolutionary for me. That light bulb and Tiffany is just like so amazing with money mindset and the things that they talked about as they were going through i was like i basically have all of these except one it is guilt and shame avoidance <laughs> being resentment overspending having no boundaries overgiving not receiving and all of this will make sense if you if you listen to it but all of these things are just totally related to money having guilt and shame around money avoidance around money the only one i didn't have was tight fisted which is around s- not spending money <laughs> yes <laughs> but now I'm like, you know, I've shifted into the typhus it. But yeah. For me, going through this whole like workbook and everything that they talk about, it's on the Super Rice Education website. It just changed so much for me. I don't know. Did have you watched it? Do you know what I'm talking about? I watched it when it first came out. I
1: haven't revisited it, but it's something that I I want to go back and watch again because it, I can probably identify where I am now versus where I used to be.
0: Oh yeah. Totally. So that would be kind of cool to see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. For me personally, it has made all the difference in my life and in my world to kind of like, this is going to sound probably really cheesy, but like heal the wounds I had around money and not mm-hmm. feeling like I deserved to have this life that I wanted. If that, It's like so all interconnected Absolutely. And yeah, yeah. So, okay, another another thing that I wanted to just touch on really quickly is you had mentioned that you did a 50 over 50 campaign. And I just mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that I just interviewed Shelly Franklin. She did talked all about doing a 50 over 50 campaign. She was episode 81. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there wondering about 50 over 50 campaigns, and then Sue also on the website interviewed eight or nine people who have done really successful campaigns and how they did it and how much they made and... It was really, really cool to listen to everyone and just how they did it because everyone did it so differently. Will you just briefly go over how you did the campaign?
1: Sure. So I ended up doing a Facebook ad, and I got hooked up with a photographer that really knew how, like, the ins and outs because I'm sort of a big dummy with when it comes to that kind of stuff. So, oh, same. <laughs> so I ended up doing a Facebook ad and ran it um, the beginning of 2020. January I think and within about two weeks I had about 25 women that had reached out to me and it's funny because they had a little form that they needed to fill out and I would you know get in touch with them after seeing their form and it's funny because um, I would wake up to like three or four new leads and they were all coming in at like 2 a.m four thirty a.m <laughs> Which cracked me up because it's like, and I'm 53 and I'm like in menopause. And so all of them are out there not sleeping like me. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, they're filling out my form. But essentially, it really struck a nerve. And so they would fill out a form and I would get in touch with them and, you know, start that connection process with them and talk about what was involved, which was basically that they could come in for you know, a really empowering experience, hair, you know, full hair and makeup with my um, hair and makeup artist, and they could bring in four to five different looks. And we would, you know, work through different, different looks. And then right after they are done, at that time, I was actually doing a reveal, a digital reveal, a couple of, you know, within the, within that week. And then just recently I've started doing same day reveals, which is just, Amazing. And they would get, with that, they would get one image complimentary. And then I'm going to be doing an exhibit probably this fall with the women that have participated. And I have well over 50 at this point. I've got probably 60, 65 women. So
0: So I can hear, I can already hear people. But what if they all just take the one complimentary photo? (laughs) (laughs) So talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, first of all, you're going to, I mean, it's just a law of averages that you're going to get some people that are going to take their one photo. But if you, th- you know, the goal is to show a lot of variety in outfits and colors mm-hmm. and textures and posing and light so that each set of images that you do is going to draw them in in a new way. So natural light is going to look really different. Than you know, that vanity fair overhead lighting. You know, so there's there's gonna be different poses and different light setups and and different energy, frankly, mm-hmm. that's going to come through. And I always say to women in consultation, you know, not any one outfit is going to showcase who you are as a woman. Like we are so multifaceted, and you want variety when you see your images. And women fall in love with their images and i've had some women take one and i had some women buy 50 images of herself and you know i left my studio after she was done like shaking because <laughs> i was so excited like i was like she bought 50 images i couldn't even get over it
0: so awesome yeah so
1: i mean you're going to get you're going to get the whole gamut and i've started learning how to tease out through the consultation process or at least through the initial phone call where they stand, like, are they price sensitive? Are they not? Cause I make sure that I go over pricing verbally at the consultation and I have a little PDF that I show them. I talk it over. I make sure that if my, like my lowest package is, 1490, but I don't say 1490. I say 1490. Like I want them to hear the word thousand. And for a long time, Nikki, I could not get that word thousand out of my mouth. (laughs) It would not leave my lips. I'd be like at 1490. And I would just sort of like glide over it. Like, yeah, they can see the number. But I started realizing that there's power in me saying my, my prices out loud Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. being proud to charge those prices because, I'm worth, you know, when you come into the experience, we are giving you our all. We're giving you everything we've got to make you oh, yeah. feel the best that you can be. And th- those images are are worth what I'm charging. You know, Absolutely. they're they're worth not just the experience, but they're, the, it's not just about the experience, but it's also about the portrait. And, you know, if I know that someone is price sensitive and they're like, ooh, well, that's a lot you know, of money, I'll say, okay, well, you know, if, and she'll, you know, she may say, well, you know, if, if I only want like one or two, then I'll say, okay, well, you know, we can make this more of a mini session if you would like. And then I've had some people say, oh, that sounds, that sounds better. Cause I'm only, I think I'm only really going to want one or two, but then I've also had women say, well, no, 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 I, I really want like the full experience. And I'm like, okay. And then a lot of times those women surprise themselves and they're like, they come in with a budget and then they blow it because mm-hmm. they realize that they're in love with more images than they realize they were going to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so great. A lo- I think a lot of other people have done it similarly. And, and I love what you said too, about just kind of getting into their head. And there is a little part of me that's like, oh, even if they say they only want one or two, they might get more. But yeah. I mean, you can kind of get a pretty good read on people for yeah, sure. absolutely. So that's awesome. Now, yeah. talk to me about time. So when people are, you know, I've, I've heard people say, I don't even know when I would build my portfolio or when I would work on my website because I've got this full-time job. So how am I going to do yeah. it all? Did you have a specific schedule for when you worked on your business versus when you know when you were teacher versus when you were wife and when you were mom and you know how did you manage all of that
1: yeah i mean i had the benefit of of my daughter like she graduated college in 2018 so i don't have any little kids um so that was definitely an advantage and so i can't really speak to what it's like having little ones and, you know, she's out of the, I'm, a, I'm an empty nester now. So I have nothing but time to, to work on my business when I'm not spending time with my dog and my husband. So I think I worked on my business whenever I was not working on school. I mean, literally, I, like, I was, I learned to outsource my retouching Mm-hmm. And I gained about a third of my life back <laughs> 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 because that was taking me so long. And so I was shooting on weekends, like Saturday and Sunday. And I haven't had a free weekend and I don't know when. I mean, m- going forward, I've now learned to make sure that I am carving out time for me. Like mm-hmm. Sundays are, like nobody's going to touch Sunday, you know? Yeah. But I literally... Because I had my eye on that goal of wanting to quit teaching, I knew that I had to hustle as much as I possibly could, and there were date like at the end of the school year, holy God, that was just insanity because you've got so many balls in the air, you know, you don't want to drop any business balls. You don't want to drop any school balls. Mm -hmm. And I, I ran on not much sleep and a lot of anxiety, but I just pushed through and I would literally just take my Sharpie and just keep like marking off the days on the calendar when I could just focus on my business, which is where I am right now. Right. So this was my last year of, of teaching after
0: 17 years. So, so awesome. It's so awesome. It really is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think I think it's important to for people to remember it, that yes you're going to be stretched for time. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're going to have to work off hours, evenings, weekends. You know, if you've got a full-time day job, yeah, you're going to have to do it. If yeah. you want it bad enough, that's yeah. what's going to have to happen. That is 100% what I did. I did not every spare minute I had, I was working on my business. Every mm-hmm. spare minute. And it was a sacrifice I made for a couple of years there. And now it's not like that anymore. And you'll right. see too. I mean, oh, Kelly, I can't wait for September for you when you're watching all of your teacher <laughs> friends on Facebook talking about going back to school and like counting down the days, only 10 more days of summer. And then it's back uh, to I work. Know. Like, yeah, oh, it is just like, oh, like when yeah. <laughs> you don't have to be going back. I still, it's been, like I said, six years now Yeah, that I didn't have to go back to school. To school, and it still is just so satisfying when I see all my teacher friends going back. God, I know,
1: guys. (laughs) (laughs) I know about July. They start with the back to school ads, and I'm always swearing at the television, like, "Stop interfering with my summer! It's not time yet." Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) not this year not this
0: year <laughs> totally it is just so liberating it is so liberating oh yeah my gosh it's oh. absolutely amazing and i'm so 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 excited for you thank you okay let's talk a little bit about your pricing kelly i know you said <laughs> you never really were shoot and burn and that you started at yep. 900 so i did let's talk about that did you use gift vouchers were you just like nope this is my pricing and this is what it is and also i want to hear about your pricing what it is today
1: yeah. So I started with my, my lowest package, um, was 900. I, I want to say it was about seven or eight images. Um, I was kind of across the board. Um, and I, like I said, I did not do shoot and burn. I really, I watched, I don't remember when Sue did a, a talk about pricing specifically. And, you know, she talked about industry standard and I was like, well, heck, I'm just going to be industry standard. Then we're just going to do this. And, I'm going to have to trust the process that she knows what she's talking about. And mm-hmm. of course she does. So that's where I started. And then my lowest package now is eight images for $1,490. See, I'm still, I'm still
0: practicing <laughs> my pricing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a middle package. And then my top package is 25 images. And that's at 3690
0: awesome. So Yeah. And what's your average sale at this point? Do you know?
1: Um, it's about 1800 sweet.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: It's gone up actually. Um, over the past couple of months when I started doing in person, like same day reveal, like I went from fully retouching my images and having people come back like two weeks later to see their images fully retouched. And I would do like 25, and then I was like, I, I can't spend all this time retouching. I'm just losing hours that just mm-hmm. leaking out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then I started doing unedited. I would have them come back. I wouldn't do same day, but I would have them come back like within a week or so, and I would do non-edited, like unedited reveal, digital reveal. And I was really scared the first time I did that. I was like, they're not going to like themselves. They're not going to. But, you know, you have to tell. I mean, first of all, people know what they look like. And right. second of right. all, you have to prep them and just say, look, I haven't done any retouching. These are straight out of camera. I need you to focus on your pose and your expression because just literally about just about everything else I can, I can edit. And if you don't love the pose and you don't love the expression, it's not a keeper, So I would take them through a process where I would bring them into Lightroom and we would go through the the images and we would whittle them down and they would, you know, choose whatever package they, they would land on. And sometimes they would continue to, to go, you know, cut further. Sometimes they wouldn't. Um, but I started showing lots and lots of images. Like I show, probably, it depends on the session and how many people are there, but if it's like a 50 over 50 woman, I probably show somewhere between 60 and 80 images or so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I, I used to shoot a lot more images, but I then I realized I'm just overshooting and it's mm-hmm. the same pose. And- like I, I, like, I hear Sue get in my head, like, move your body or move her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop totally. clicking the shutter. <laughs> we totally. already have that image. And so I'm much better about knowing when I've got it. And so I take her through that process and and we just start, you know, culling right there. And I think clients feel really empowered knowing that they're helping to take out you know, the, the ones that they don't like and keeping the ones that they do because then the ones that they're left with, they really love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, I used to go through and get rid of the blinks and like, I don't even do that anymore. I just keep, I keep everything in because I want them to really fall in love with the ones that they, they say, oh yes, I love that one. Right. Right. You know, so, um,
0: yeah, that makes sense. I still could never, I still could never do
1: it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I do it same day. Like I don't even have them come back because I didn't want to make another appointment. I have, uh-huh. I actually have them do like while they're cleaning up and, you know, changing back into their, you know, driving attire. I literally will like in the studio, I will literally get my MacBook out and slide the card in and load them into Lightroom. And I might do a quick little, like if something was a little bit on the darker side, I might just brighten it a little bit. And they they come over and they sit down and they pick them right then and there. And it's, they love the fact that they don't have to come back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and, you know, it just goes to show there's so many different ways to do things like. Totally. Yeah. I'm not comfortable doing that, but I know a lot of people are. And also like, so I know you sell a lot of prints, whereas I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. print focused. So I just do my reveals on zoom. Mm-hmm. So everyone just has a different way. Absolutely. So t- talk a little bit about your prints. Cause I know you've, you've been selling a lot of them lately, right? I have my biggest seller is um,
1: so I've been doing portfolio boxes. There's beautiful portfolio boxes from 3XM, and I do a five by seven print in a white eight by ten mat, and they're perfect desk size. Yep, and I and I call them desk size because I don't want them to be confused with something you could frame and put on the wall.
0: Is that a selling technique? So that now. It- Yeah, it is. I
1: mean, I have, I have different samples in my studio of wall art. So I, I make sure that I, you know, show them the different sizes that they can get for, for wall art. Wall art is an area that I really want to start focusing more on. And I've, I've, I need, I'm in a new studio now, so I need to put samples up that, you know, are nice and big and beefy and, you know, inspire Mm -hmm. people to want to go big. Um, I used to shoot, um in a home my home studio I literally like woke up one morning and I told my husband we were going to move the dining room table out of the dining room and I painted it white <laughs> and uh and adjoining to the dining room is my office where we would do like literally hair and makeup next to my desk and it was a total of like 300 square feet including the office and we have a barn on our property And the upstairs of the barn, we dormered it out about three years ago, and my husband was thinking that maybe he could do, like, this man cave, you know, office, entertainment area. And I was like – I feel like
0: I know where this is going. (laughs) Yeah, that's adorable. But (laughs) I really
1: think it would be a great studio. And so – It became my new studio. So now I have nice nine foot ceilings and I have like a reveal area where I have a nice big, big screen TV where I can like mirror my laptop, um, little half bath and I have two makeup stations now and, um, plenty of wall space to show, you know, nice big prints and framed images. So
0: it's really, it's a, it's such a happy place. Oh, that's so awesome. I love yeah. it, and now you don't have to be in your dining room anymore i don't <laughs> yeah. yeah, so okay, Kelly, talk to us a little, a little bit about how do you focus on selling or upselling I should say wall portraits or wall prints how do you what's your strategy for that?
1: I find that for and it's honestly I'm not an expert at this um, and it's an area that I really know that I need to get better at. I find that I am most successful upselling wall art to a mom, if it's their kids, or Mm, if it's a family mm -hmm. session, or if it's a couple. I don't have a lot of women who were part of the 50 over 50 getting wall art of just themselves. And I think that not that they're not deserving of that. And I, you know, I'll say to them, which ones are your favorites, you know, and, you know, would you like to choose one of those? And, you know, do you have a place where you could hang that? Um, you know, and some women will think, some women, most women don't bite. Mm -hmm. Some women say, well, let me think about it. So clearly I have some work to do in this area, but I find that a lot of times it's because these women are not feeling like they should hang something quote unquote that big of just Uh
0: themselves.
1: Uh Right. So it becomes a, it's really a a self-value issue on their end. and. I've even struggled with that. And I really want to order, like I did my own photo shoot back in 2018.
0: Which I love, by the way. Yeah. And I,
1: I have my folio box and I go through those images and I relive that day and it was wonderful. But I've never taken the time to say, you know what, I want to turn this one into a piece of wall art. And I think I need to do that and hang it in my studio. That's not a bad idea. You know, because I can say, look, this is me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, I think it's important. I think as women, we need to give ourselves permission to say, you know what? Yes, I am worth, you know, I I'm worth having prints of myself and 50 of them. If I want them, like I bought mm-hmm. 34 of mm-hmm. myself and some women would just think like, that's crazy, but Yeah, I think, I think women need permission to say, you know, I'm, I'm beautiful and I'm worth it and why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, why not? Yeah, for sure. I think, I think there's this, this idea that it's like vain or something to have portraits of yourself and. Exactly. It's, you know, back in the day it was not vain. It was just something people did, you know, Mm -hmm. way back when our, our grandparents, our great grandparents before that. And. I mean, people will, will post selfies. It's like, what's the difference? Right. (laughs) You know, right.
1: (laughs) It's true. And I've had women who, who will say, I, I, this feels kind of vain. And I Mm -hmm. say, well, do you feel vain going to get a massage? And they say, no. Do you feel vain going to get your nails done? No. Okay. That's a form of self-love. This photo shoot is time for you. And you have portraits that are going to last 50 plus years. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're going to be back at the nail salon in, you know, a week and a half.
0: <laughs> totally.
1: You know, so this is, this to me, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. For sure.
0: Well, I'm so excited for you, Kelly. It just seems like, oh my gosh, you've just come so far. And here you are. I mean, if you could go back five years ago, what would you say to yourself back then, knowing what you know now?
1: Yeah, I think I would say be patient. It's going to happen, but you have to go through these different learning experiences and phases of learning your business. Cause it's not just about shooting and retouching and po- learning posing. Like there's a whole business side that you have to start wrapping your, your head around. Mm-hmm. Like you're in this to make money and ma- earn a living, you know, in addition to doing what you love I'm not, I've always sort of suffered from like a little bit of anxiety and, and wanting things like immediate gratification. Like I want it now. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, you have to take a breath and know that if you do the work and you show up for it wholeheartedly, you'll get there. You will get there. Yeah. So just yep. be patient. Yep, it's so true. But it's hard to hear.
0: <laughs> so I probably at that time would have said, Oh, what do you know? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. when you're in it so deep and you're in the weeds and it's just like you can't yeah. see see the end. It can be it can be tricky. Totally. Well, I'm really proud of you and I'm really excited for you. And um it's just thank you. It's just so cool to be able to have you on here and and to know that come September you don't have to go back. Yay. It's so <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It is. All right, Kelly, I have a couple more questions that I always ask at the end of each episode. And the first one is, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot? So I was going to say, I had this
1: little spider holster hand grip that I put on my camera that I discovered that when I saw Sue's spider holster that she was wearing, I bought one of those. But then I saw they have these little hand grips and it looked like my camera is now like an extension of my arm. Mm-hmm. because like I could not I just feel so secure holding on to that but that's sort of a boring answer so um <laughs> while it's true I think really and truly what I couldn't live without would be music
0: mm-hmm. I
1: I make sure that I have the music that my client loves to listen to playing when they arrive at the studio because I want them to feel like they've can totally relax and so uh-huh. When we have music playing in the studio during the shoot, you know, some songs will turn up and they start dancing and it just lets people, you know, everybody loves music of some sort. And so when, when I can get my clients to relax and I love music and I think it just, it adds a whole dimension to the shoot that just makes things so, so much happier.
0: It does. It sets the tone for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, number two, how do you spend your time when you're not working? So I am in the process of –
1: I love to garden, flower gardening. Oh, nice. So I really – I'm in the process of – we put a walkway in a few years ago, and I've just started really putting my plants in the ground, and we're going to be doing a a beautiful patio in the back, and I'm going to be putting, like, an English garden back there. Mm -hmm. So I really love to garden – but I'm also, I really love cooking and um, I'm starting to do more baking and I love spending time. My daughter's 25 and she's up in Boston now. So whenever I can see her, especially now that things are relaxing a bit with pandemic stuff, um, spending time with her and my husband and um, taking we our dogs. We never said where you're located. Loc- I'm in Clinton,
0: Connecticut. Yep. Okay. just want to make sure we cover that. Yep. Right on the shoreline. Awesome, very cool. It's you know, and there's just something so freeing. Like you're going to be able to bake whenever you damn well feel like it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like like you can go to the grocery store in the middle of the day and run to the bank and have yeah. lunch with friends. You know, you can do whatever you want now. I, it's
1: empowering. It's so, it's so freeing empowering. knowing that I can structure my day any way I wish to. And the thing is, is like, I feel like I'm going to have to learn how to structure my day because as a teacher, your day is structured for you. Like Mm -hmm. lunch is at 1150, you know, 30 minutes. And yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you better be at recess because that person who's been doing your lunch duty is now waiting to go eat their lunch, you know? So it's definitely a structure that I have always had put in place for me. And so learning how to sort of time block and chunk my time is going to be a little bit of a learning curve, but yeah, well, I'm sure it'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay. Uh, next question. What is your favorite inspirational quote? So
1: my favorite quote, this is something I've always hold on, held on to and it's by Maya Angelou. And she has said that I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And it's a quote that I have held on to throughout my teaching career because kids, for sure, don't usually listen to what you say, but they always Mm -hmm. remember how you make them feel. And I think it's true for clients, too. Like, when I get on the phone with people for their initial conversation, I get on the phone like we're already friends. I have a smile on my face. And I want people to feel my positive, kind energy coming at them because I want them to feel like they already know me on some level. And I just think that it's so, like, I used to teach my kids, like, kindness really matters more than so many other things. And I just want people to always think of me as someone that made them feel good on whatever level.
0: Absolutely. That's one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's such yeah. an amazing quote.
1: Yeah. By an amazing woman.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then last question, well, second to last question is what would you tell people who are just starting out? And I know you kind of covered that, I think a little bit, but is there anything that you would add to that?
1: I think I would, again, I would say that, you know, just being, going back to just being patient, it takes time. And in the, while you're building your portfolio, I think it's, it's important to really, you know, shoot what you love to shoot. Like I love photographing children. There's something really soulful about kids. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you build a folio that you love, then you get excited to, to sell it and to talk about it. I mean, people have always said to me, when you talk about teaching versus talking about your photography like when you switch your whole face lights up like your energy shifts and there's a reason for that because I love I love my body of work and I love what I do and thinking about that like it's like climbing a mountain right like and I've heard this analogy on on SBE like you're going around the mountain and every time you come around again, you're a little bit higher. You've learned a little more. The view is a little different because you get more perspective. Right. And so just know that you're on this journey, that there's no top of the mountain. You know, I don't think there should ever be a top of the mountain because I think if you've gotten to a place where you're think you know it all and you've done it all, then you've, you've stopped learning and you stopped mm-hmm. being creative. Um, you should always be stretching yourself in some way.
0: So awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you again. Oh, where can people find you online if they're looking for you? Oh, so my
1: website is com. I'm on, instagram which is kelly k-e-l-l-e-y underscore norsha underscore photography and then um on facebook i'm at kelly norsha photography so
0: that's where you can find me sweet yeah awesome well thank you again and i will see you online in the facebook group soon and enjoy your summer. <laughs> enjoy your summer knowing you don't have to count down the days. <laughs> uh,
1: absolutely. Thank you so much, Nikki. This has been such an honor. It really has. And, and I have loved chatting with you and, and catching up. Awesome. All right. Thanks,
0: Kelly. Take care.
1: You too. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? Lighting PDFs, I mean truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's suebriceeducation.com.